Hey, welcome back to the infamous podcast. This is episode 297. What if tomorrow never comes? I'm Brian. I'm Daryl. Was that good? No, it was it was kind of morose. Let's try <laughs> well, it's that. Pretty, it's pretty much like that outside right now. It's well, it is a beautiful gray Ohio day. Um, it feels like a wonderful fall day out there in the middle of summer. Um, but yeah. That's actually pretty accurate. This is one of those football Saturdays where you wake up and you know you're going to get some slog games because it's mm-hmm. going to be crappy weather throughout the country. Yeah. Now we're recording this on a Saturday instead of our typical Friday night, so we're going to change things up a little bit. There's no Bad Batch or Loki because I have not watched either episode in their entirety. <laughs> Damn. I wish I'd have brought my bell out because I'd have been like, shame. <laughs> Oh, Shame. I, I, sh- I, I, sh- I, I don't have the. Um, I'm not recording on the pod track. I should have done that. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, but we've got a bunch of cool shit to talk about. So we are saying goodbye to Richard Donner this week. Uh, we're looking at, you know, the MCAU asking what if. We've got a bunch of Witcher stu- stuff um, to return to Rivia, if you will. And uh, we are going to prepare you for the Tomorrow War. Oh, just just a slight correction. We're not returning to Rivia. We're going to Rivia for the first time. See, I don't know. I just, I, like... Actually, that's incorrect as well. We're just going to Kaer Morin. Okay, so, so here's the thing. is I know it's Geralt of Rivia, I think, or Gerald. Yeah, that's Geralt. Geralt. And um, Yennefer, right? Yes. I don't remember anybody else's names or the locations. Yeah. Yes. Jennifer of Vingenberg, I believe. Vingenberg. I probably. Vingenberg. Yeah. Or Vinenberg. <laughs> I can see it in my head, but I, I'm missing a couple letters yeah. when I'm. So I haven't read so. any of those books, and I've played maybe two hours of The Witcher 3. Um, so. Shame. The books are, the books are okay. Uh, I, I bought the first one and I tried to listen to it and it just needs a more modern like reading. Yes, it, it's um, it's one of those it. where and I've seen other books where I love the story, but the writer's style I have trouble getting into. Yeah, like George R. R. Martin. Well, I, I don't have trouble getting into his writing. I have trouble just staying with it because there's a good hundred pages in every book that he could have that could have been edited out. Yeah, we don't need the description of every woman in uh, Westeros's areolas. <laughs> you perv. Anyway. Ah, uh, so yeah, so so much fun stuff to talk about. Um, we are, like I said, we're not talking about the Bad Batch or Loki. Uh, we might do that as a mid episode, like midweek episode or or something like that. But I don't know. It's just one of those things. Anyway, so let's kick off with uh, saying goodbye to Richard Donner. Yeah, man, rip. Um, so did you did you like the Goonies? Oh, I loved the Goonies back in the day. Uh, I I can't say I've watched it within in the last ten years. Yeah, so or so like like I loved. I mean, obviously, I love Superman, right? And um, his like Superman two cut. But like, I think my favorite thing he did was Lethal Weapon. I was about to say, yeah, Lethal Weapon series was amazing. Mm-hmm. 
And I, I, I did go through those again, probably like four or five years ago when they were all on net. One of the times they were all on Netflix. Yeah. So yeah. In about a 10 day span, I watched all four of them. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so he passed away this past Monday. Um, he was 91 years old. He leaves behind his wife, uh, Laura Schuler Donner. Um, it says here, no cause of death was revealed. I mean, wouldn't you think 91 years old is the cause of death? Not that to kind be, of tells. you know, trite or anything, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it looks like Gene Hackman is the only like person left from the original Superman. As far as like the main characters, unless Margot Kidder is still like jumping around, I don't know. That's what I was gonna ask. I thought well, I don't. Let's see. Oh, Margot she's... Kidder. Oh no, but she's still. Oh no, but she died in 2018. Yeah, I thought that was okay. So, so Gene Hackman. So, yep, just Gene hanging in there. What about Mrs. Tessmacher? Uh, I'm pretty sure Miss Tessmacher died. I don't even know her name. Um, and Ned Beatty. When did Ned Beatty die? Just like a couple weeks ago. Oh, okay. Oh, so. wow. Valerie Perrin, or Perrin, she's still around. Okay, so uh, so Miss Tessmacher and Lex Luthor are still. Which is kind of kind of funny that the, the two of them, yeah. since they work you together. Know, the, the villains, you know, they, they, they got to. They got to get it done. Um, but no, I, I was, when I was going through, I was really surprised by all the TV shows he directed through the years. I don't know if, if you looked into any of that, but. Um, yeah. But I mean, I was, it was, like I was actually Gilligan's just Island looking through it. And the X Files, Kojak. Kojak, like, like, you know, some pretty iconic stuff. The man, like, but then you look back, like, it's like The Man from Uncle, the TV show, Perry Mason, <laughs> The Wild Wild West. Um, the Rifleman, Twilight Zone. Get smart. Um, get smart, yeah. So it's it's just, it's pretty funny. Um, and then I forgot he directed Lola, the Charles Bronson movie. Um, and then The Omen. I totally forgot he directed The Omen. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like I liked Richard Donner. I, I, I was a big fan. The only, the only like kind of bone to pick I've ever had with Richard Donner isn't Richard Donner's fault. It's the, the lack of creativity of warner brothers to not get away from the like richard donner version of vision of superman with pa can't dies weird fortress in the uh you know in the arctic and you know just the, some of the like because some of the best superman stories in the comics are, are when he's an adult and he has pa kent to to go back to like especially the john byrne run Right. And, and it, yeah. And looking at Lois it, and Clark, you know, that like, yeah. like having his parents was was great in that show. Yeah. And the same thing with Smallville. Until John Schneider got tired of being on the show and they went the Richard uh, yeah. Donner route. Um. Yeah, which. Yeah. But to, yeah, to your point, because that for live action, that became the seminal version of Superman. So. I, I agree with you in the sense of, I mean, they do everything else by not following the source material. Mm -hmm. Why don't they do that and not necessarily follow what Richard Don the greatness? Granted, he uh, ushered with Superman. He ushered in a new level of storytelling with movies, especially mm -hmm. with the superhero genre. But again, you don't have to follow that template to do a great Superman, right? 
yeah no you're right it's uh it's just one of those things but um but yeah so i mean he he was he's a great director um you know mel gibson said he was magnanimous of heart and soul danny glover said that his heart was broken so i mean this is this is just one of those things um so the last movie he directed was the 2006 16 blocks with um Bruce Willis and I want to say most deaf was that was that who was his co-star it's I, I think so so um but you know he also directed assassins and he directed timeline I don't know if you remember that Paul Walker movie with, yeah uh, I remember Gerard that Butler. Yeah. that was before Gerard Butler was like Gerard Butler um and obviously like Lauren Schuler daughter is like she's just an amazing producer in Hollywood and you know has has given us so many great movies including like Deadpool and the good X-Men movies, the bad X-Men movies, New Mutants, but, you know, Free Willy, they both produced that together, so. Yeah, and I did see that there was an article put out by Movie Web talking about how The Goonies 2 and Lethal Weapon 5 probably probably won't go forward Yeah, without him. Again, they don't know how, it's unclear how far into production either one was, but what Donner did say, uh, I think this was in December, talking about Lethal Weapon, this is the final one. It's both my privilege and duty to put it to bed. It's mm. exciting, actually. <laughs> it's the last one. I'll promise you that. Yeah, that's funny. So, Yeah, so anyway. Uh, okay, so let's go on to to the – I'm calling the MCAU. Um, I don't know if that's – I noticed you said that, and I wasn't sure what yeah. – the, the Marvel Cinematic Animated Universe. If only if they can get animated stuff as good as some of the DC animated films, I'm in. So so Marvel has traditionally like not had the greatest track record with their animated stuff. There's been some good stuff. I'm not, you know, and I I think they did better in like the serial <clears throat> cartoons when it came to um, X Men and Spider Man back in the '90s. Because that was, and, and a lot of that is Avi Arid being in charge of all of that. Um, and, 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 you know, it was a group of people who were really, like, dedicated to the comics. Um, but then you get things like the, the Young Avengers or whatever it is, where it was their kids. And, I mean, it was interesting, and it was, it was kind of a cool story, but largely kind of went unnoticed. The, the Ultimates with, uh, you know, the, the, the Avengers, the Ultimate um, Universe... Uh, Ultimates Universe Avengers was was an okay movie, um, but it was it was based off of kind of stupid source material. Um, but yeah, so I, I I will say this: I I am interested to see what happens with What If. Um, the What If comics are, are some of like my favorite kind of Marvel Elseworlds things, um, to be honest. So, who knows? Yeah, I'm I'm. <clears throat> excuse me i'm really excited about this animation is very interesting it's that it almost has that uh a scanner darkly idea yeah. f- f- a little bit or for like me. the uh the tron legacy cartoon yeah um aeon flux flu however you say it um, yeah things uh, like it that. has it has almost all the cast returning to voice their characters I don't. There are a couple. I think that, like, I know Robert Downey Jr. I don't think he's in there, no. but most of the cast is back to voice mm-hmm. their characters. And I'm a fan of just those what if stories, anyway. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. As much as I love the MCU, 
they go their own what if route in mm. some of the ways they change, you know, source material, which again, the way they've done some things has been absolutely fine. And personally, I like better than it was in the comics, mm-hmm. other stuff, not so much. This is their chance to kind of, you know, play around in the sandbox without having some of us comic fans like, you know, rip into them for not following the source material because these right. are just stories that right. are like, Hey, what if, which again, I love that type of, what if this happened? What if Iron Man got saved and never had to create his suit or, you know, you know, what if T'Challa gets, got taken as a kid instead of Peter right. Quill, right. all that type of stuff, so. which I'm very curious to see how that, that turns out. With I, uh, T'Challa Yandu. Yeah. And it's uh, having Chadwick Boseman's like kind of final, like, you know, say on the character. Cause he's voicing the character still. I do love in the, uh, in the preview when he's like ravagers are never alone and the yeah. guy's like what is that I, like, catchphrase <laughs> it's like i said uh, yeah <laughs> i thought that was pretty, yeah, that, that was pretty good yeah so and I, I i don't have it up here but i believe you said it was going to be i think they said it was going to be like 23 episodes now i don't know uh, if we're gonna i have not seen the number of episodes all i know is it comes out on october or october august 11th august 11th 2021 yeah. so it's right around the corner there's a bunch of cool shit coming out in august you've got this you've got um the witcher nightmare of the wolf coming in august on the 23rd to netflix which we'll talk about here in a little bit but um uh, but yeah i i think i, I i'm excited because i i like the watcher right i like i like um yatu or however you say it um, I like that character, and I like Jeffrey Wright. So having him as the voice, I think, is really cool. Um, yeah, I love his voice as the narrator. Yeah, I, through that trailer. I think, I like. So I'm curious as if this is gonna like tie into the multiverse of madness stuff. What I would love to see, and and there's a screenshot here. I just watched the trailer. I just had it play in the background. Yeah, uh, just a glimpse into the mcu uh, marvel zombies like yeah in the doctor strange movie seeing a captain america or, or zombie thor coming at somebody and them having to close the portal that would be pretty cool yeah or, or honestly having like the uh zombie robert downey jr as a just shock so but it appears like he's done with the mcu after following yeah. all, all those weirdos um <laughs> so <laughs> But I don't know. I, like I was excited. I I like the still shots I've saw I've seen before this trailer were kind of cool. Um, the what if Peggy Carter story is is not new. It's it's something that's been done before. Um, so to be excited to see that animated and, and to see what they do there. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't, I don't know. I think uh, I think it'll be good. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Of course, you know this is Disney we're talking about dealing with ip that we like so you never know yeah but like i said since this is more of a what if scenario and not canon in the sense of the mcu they'll be able to get away with stuff i'll i'll cut them more slack with this than i would an mcu canon movie yeah it doesn't mean they won't jack it up though with just bad storytelling yeah so yeah um, that's true i mean kind of with what we've seen with uh, some of the people they've hired to, like, write Loki, for example, have no business being in charge of a $200 million TV series. Um, you know, the, the the lady, 
directing. What's her name? It just slipped my mind. Karen, um, uh, Kate Heron. Kate Heron has no business directing every episode. Like they're like none whatsoever. Um, it, it's just that they're not like early on. They they did a really good job putting like the right people in the right positions to be successful. And and they're it doesn't look like they're doing that. Um and I know you haven't seen Black Widow yet, and I haven't seen it yet, but the kid bot went to see it and she came home and I said, How is it? And she just shook her head in disappointment. And, and I didn't again with I didn't put any of my like, you know, yeah. like misgivings towards that with her. I mean, I've just been joking about her constantly falling in the trailer. So Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm still I'm I'm going to see that on Sunday. So I'm hoping I'm really hoping that like I said, I've I've seen several reviews of it, non-spoilery, and it ranges from meh to really liking it, but it has flaws. So if I'm even in, if I'm in between that and like, hey, I, th- I thought it was okay, that's fine. I, even though it should be a better film because the character herself, the the biggest for the most part, it was great gr- in the MCU. Yeah, the biggest gripes I've seen are that this is not the right send off for a founding character of the MCU um, who you're right has been great. And, you know, whether Scarlett Johansson is saying the things that the media or the YouTubers are saying that she's saying, I don't know because there's no audio clips to see it coming out of her mouth. Um, But the one kind of big like spoilery thing that, that happens in it has me kind of, not upset, but turned off because again, I, yeah. I hate it because they they always mess with my the characters that I like. <laughs> <laughs> it's a personal attack on you, man. No, it's not. But you know, it, it's like Deadshot. Like Will Smith should not have been Deadshot. I'm sorry. Like just not. He just he he didn't have the right attitude for the character. Um, and it doesn't matter that he's black. That's beside the point. He was just too like he made Deadshot like a pimp instead of like a hardcore like cold-blooded assassin um and adding the daughter into Deadshot's story there just is kind of what didn't work the most but then like Like this coming suicide squad does with bloodsport yeah right like i think bloodsport is probably more deadshot uh to be honest with idris um but we'll see but you know and then with what with the taskmaster in this one like she told me and and like she likes taskmaster too so she was she was like i she was like i'm, I'm kind of pissed off about that dad <laughs> yeah so and yeah again i i've never been a super a taskmaster super fan but i've i've liked him when i've seen him in the comics here and there yeah. loved how they did him in the spider-man game yes well and then there uh, there was the episode in the um the ultimate spider-man cartoon with Ted Taskmaster and Deadpool, which was just great. I mean, it was it was awesome. Um, but Taskmaster is a talker, right? Like the Joker. Yes. And and in this one, Taskmaster is silent. And I, I I think they're doing that to kind of like be like, oh look, the silent killer. And it's like, wow, this is like, this is not the first time they've got a character complete completely wrong. But I think this is the most egregious. So maybe we'll get a what if where they do. Uh, I don't know. Drax might have something to say to that. I don't know. Drax is not. No, what they did with Drax is not egregious. They they just in the second movie, they went too far. No, Drax is absolutely egregious because he gets his ass kicked all the time. That's oh, not Drax. Yeah, no. OK, I see where you're coming from there. But yeah, yeah. but I mean, but David, he's like he's kind of a jobber. 
you know, like he, he like <laughs> Batista, Batista kind of won. Like he had some championship runs in WWE, but like he jobbed out to Triple H a lot. He jobbed out to John Cena a lot. He jobbed out to Edge a lot. That's fair. So I mean, they're they're just kind of sticking with like what they have. They're like, you know, like maybe if they had like Ric Flair or John Cena, yeah, he'd win all the time, but. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but then Jurassic would be pro-China, and then we'd be like, oh. So, yeah. Uh, but Looking forward to what if. Yeah. Maybe they'll, like, oh, what I was going to say is maybe they'll do a what if Black Widow where they give her a good send-off. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I haven't seen it, so I'm, I'm really more tongue-in-cheek than anything else. Yeah. So, looking forward to this. Yeah, definitely. All right, so moving on to The Witcher. We got a bunch of Witcher stuff. Like, yes. Witcher Con 2021. Witcher Con, what? Um, yeah, no, it, it was. I'm actually kind of glad we didn't record last night because we wouldn't have been able to talk about any of the Witcher stuff till like middle of the week or next week, or you would have just hogged it off for yourself. <laughs> I know, I would have. And you know, it's funny where like, we, I guess we can talk about the most recent or the closest one to being premiered is that the nightmare of the wolf anime Mm -hmm. movie which netflix does something that really irritates me uh one i'd like it where they you know they have the new section where you say what's new what's coming and they'll have a lot of some of the things they'll just say it's coming soon yeah and i'm like dude give me something give me something please and they did that with resident evil infinite darkness right uh up until maybe a week before it premiered, and then it was like, oh, it premieres this week well, uh, or something along like so that. So here's here's where where Netflix and I'm I'm gonna actually defend them on that for a second. Um, it's not like Disney Plus that only puts out like one new show every six weeks. Netflix puts out like seven new shows every yeah. day oh, or yeah. movies, right? So if they're like if they're really pitching stuff like like uh, and I'm not meaning to offend you with this. But a niche cartoon from a niche video game, mm-hmm. uh, if they if they're putting that like way out in the in the future, um, people might forget about it, or people are gonna be like, um, yeah, no, I, I'm 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 gonna just like cancel until August twenty third. Or you can do what I do is, and I do this a lot, is I'll just put remind me and I get emails and yeah. sometimes I'm like, what in the heck is this? Oh, yeah, yeah I remember I, I remember this. Yeah, so I, that, I use the remind good. me feature a lot on there, even though yeah. I don't watch a lot of Netflix anymore. I, I don't either. Although, speaking of Netflix, I'm assuming because of uh, the personal stuff you've had going on this week, you also have not watched any of Atypical yet. No, I have not. So. I almost watched it last night. But instead, I watched an episode, uh, the first episode of Floor is Lava. Uh, so. I like that little game show. That's actually kind of fun. I was going to watch yeah. it last night, but I watched Jason Whitlock for all 30 minutes or 90 minutes instead. So, oh, I forgot about that. I'll listen to that. I, I, haven't, I haven't missed an episode of that so far. Um, he's fearless. So, I'm, I'm going to give him that. He's yeah. fearless. Um, I'm, I'm not sure how I feel about Uncle Jimmy on that show, but that's beside the point. I'm hit and miss with him. Yeah, to be honest. sometimes he's great, and sometimes it's like, are right, you just? Let acting. me tell you something. Yeah, it's like you're Let acting you dumb. You're acting dumb, but you're yeah. not dumb. So why are you doing that? Yeah. Why, are you, why are you saying you don't understand what he's saying? You absolutely yeah. do because you went over it in rehearsal. Um, <laughs> so, but, so yeah. So the wolf is coming. Like this is interesting because I don't know what this is. 
So or Nightmare of the Wolf, this, sorry. Yeah. So it says it's the origin story of Geralt. I almost said Gerald. Geralt's mentor and fellow witcher, Vesemir, which Vesemir was the witcher that trained Geralt in the art of the wolf, the school okay. of the wolf. Uh, he's actually one of the oldest witchers, if, if you look in the games and in the books, <clears throat> because the basically the formula to create witchers was lost. And, you know, so who the witchers that are out now, you have Geralt, you have couple of his buddies like i i'm trying to think that who are going to be there it's going to be eskel um and i'm drawing a blank on the names i mean in season two we'll talk about that a little bit later but yeah so this is will be interesting just to see vesemir becoming a witcher uh maybe care more and and that's basically that's the stronghold for the school of the wolf seeing that at its height and seeing what happened to let because what happened one of the things that did happen was that the witchers were slaughtered. A lot of them were slaughtered, so we might see that. Who um, slaughtered the witchers? Well, it, again, it's one of those things where people hated them for being uh, mutants. Yeah. Just like the and there was, Yeah. And despite so the fact that they killed monsters, yeah. they would they protect naturally people, kill right? people. Yeah. 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 Just but like the X-Men. Again, yeah, just... But again, like they, you know, like you see in the in the first episode of season one, where he comes in to that bar and everybody's like, "Dude, you're a freak. Get out of here." Yeah, it, it's it's because they're afraid of them. That's mm. that's all it is. Especially, I mean, you, you, you're taking it back to those times of superstition. Yeah, and I mean, but there's not superstition in the sense because they're really monsters. So, but yeah, it's the people are afraid of witchers and. They take it out on them, but and they uh, don't far... have their own land where they have plant-based witchers. Where they have what? Plant-based witchers that are just constantly revived. Oh no! Oh, so okay. So not like the X Men. <laughs> Speaking of no. that, I was thinking about something about this. Right? They're all pl- they're all plant-based now, right? In Krakoa, they're weird yeah, that's creatures. True. They are the meatless equivalent of the X Men. So the one lady from Marvel who wants to change their name, great. You can call them the soy men. <laughs> anyway, that was a bad joke. <laughs> but that you still laughed. <laughs> that anyway, was a dad joke. That was a total dad joke. And I'm, I'm allowed <laughs> to do dad jokes because I happen to be a dad. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah no i thought i thought the trailer i liked the trailer i like the i actually did like the um the animation on this because it's studio mirror so i'm uh i'm a i'm a simp for studio mirror so yeah i'm looking forward to this and again um, this is i do like that it's just a movie because it's 81 yes. minutes long uh, so I don't have to like dedicate like 16 eight hours of my life to watch like you know, a 16 episode half hour thing or be like, oh, well, we're going to do the first three episodes and then we're going to do the next three episodes and then we're going to do the next three episodes. I'm like, I, I give up. <laughs> yeah, so. I, I like how they're doing, you know, just a movie. Yep. Just keep it together. Tell the story. Tell the story. Yeah. I mean, of course, Netflix yep. puts everything out all at once, like per season, for example. So it's like with He-Man, like we're going to be able to Watch the first couple episodes and then just give up on it. So, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right. So, The Witcher season two. 
So I again, I like this trailer because it doesn't give away a lot. This is, and again, if if you're if you're talking about The Witcher the game, understand that The Witcher the game is totally different from Witcher the book series. And again, just kind of like uh, a lot of comic book fans don't necessarily like how the MCU has treated some characters. It's the same thing goes for the books, people that read the books long ago and it became their favorite. And they kind of get some of them. Some people get a little bit perturbed that others, what they would call normies. Yeah. Got introduced to Geralt in the games, which again, the games is the, are the reason that the book series became so popular that we have a series on Netflix. Yeah. Without that, we would not have it. The, the point blank. Yeah. I mean, true. There was a, there was this Polish show called Hexer back uh, ten or fifteen years ago, or I don't remember when, but it's so bad. Yeah, it's supposed to be The Witcher. It, it's so it's really bad. I aspire to normie status for The Witcher because <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm not even a normie. Um, I just like the show. Why are his eyes like Sith yellow? That is one of the things that they do with The Witcher. So again. The, it's called the trial of grasses where young, you know, they bring young boys in, you know, basically the mothers or the parents give them to witchers That's scandalous for the, yeah, for base for different reasons, but they put them through these muted. There's these mutagens that they give them think steroids almost. And only 30% or so of the kids that they give these survive. And they do something special to the eyes because, again, the, the, the eyes is what helps them see because they're hunting a lot at night. So it helps them to see. And there's a actually an, a great line in the season one where Geralt tells someone and I want to keep it uh, kind of uh, spoiler free just in case someone is listening that hasn't seen it to that point. Sure. Yes. <laughs> but uh, hey, wait, you're talking where... about me. <laughs> There's a scene where Geralt tells someone, he says, uh, do you know what uh, they do? Do you know what they do to witchers to make our eyes like this? And do you know what happens to when it doesn't work? So all of what he all of his physical abilities and attributes is to make him more efficient. They're immune to disease. They age extremely. They they age very slowly. Like Geralt is seven in in the series, at least. I think he's probably. He probably you probably get to see him at when he's in his seventies or eighties. It, okay. It's kind of. I think they alluded to that in the first. Yeah, season. It, it, it's kind of alluded to because the, the series itself, season one, are like it tells the story in three different timelines. Where if you're really not paying attention, you can definitely get confused. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's where I tell people. I was like, you have to pay attention to what's what they're what's being said, because yeah. it's it's through the dialogue. It, there's no. Hey, this 20 years ago, 60 years ago, the present day, it's you have to listen to dialogue. Right. And if you listen to dialogue, you'll get the idea. You'll understand that witchers, I mean, they're not long lived like the you know sorcerers or anything like that, but they're extremely long lived, immune to disease pretty much. Mm-hmm. And they have a rudimentary knowledge of magic. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I... Uh... I don't know. I, I mean, I like the first season, and then in the uh, in the trailer there, we see 
the shivering medallions or whatever, the, the little wolf necklaces that they wear, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of cool. And yeah, it says here, um, the witch, the witchers that you see in that one scene where they're all hugging is Lambert, Ezekiel, and Cohen. Yeah. Eskel. Eskel. Sorry. Sorry. I yeah. said that wrong. And then, uh, I recognize the two swords from the, the witcher three. Um, and then I, I liked how um, Yennefer was still in Milfgard, so that was kind of cool. Yeah, and and again, this this does take the series would almost this series is almost like a prequel to the games in a sense, at least The Witcher Three, I should say. Yeah, because there is a, a segment where Yennefer gets lost, all that stuff. But you see, you're going to see a lot more of Siri going through some of the training. Of becoming of Witcher. Okay. And they don't have girl Witchers? Like, is that the thing? No. Okay. Not, yeah, not, yeah, they do not. Not until Siri. Yeah. And, and again, it's not that she necessarily becomes a Witcher. Right. She's trained as a Witcher. Because, okay. like, as, as I mentioned, to become a Witcher, you have to basically get, get hopped up on steroids. They call them mutagens. And yeah. the odds are very low in you surviving. Yeah. You and, get all but, jacked up on Witcher juice. Yeah. But those formulas formulae have been lost, so, so there's not going to be any more witchers okay. from the traditional sense. You can be trained like a witcher, but there's not going to be any new witchers. Cool, cool. And uh, it says here Vesemir is the same actor who's voicing Vesemir in the uh, Nightmare of the Wolf. Yeah, there was a big push last year when they were doing the casting for season two to have Mark Hamill as Vesemir. Which Ew, no. I, no. Yeah, no. I, I honestly no. – yeah, look, wait, wait. Okay, that's your. But I'm saying he would actually. I think he would have been a good Vesemir. He, it, Vesemir reminds me of of. Did I don't know if you've seen the show. What is that show called? Um, Night. What is it? Uh, crap. It's on the History Channel. It's about like the knights in the Crusade, and he was in season two. He yeah. looks like I. I would see Vesemir looking. Mark Hamill. With the, yeah. But isn't he so, like five five or something like that? Like I feel like standing next to six four. Uh, slab of man meet Henry Cavill like they're gonna have to yeah. do some like weird tricks where Mark Hamill is like actually 40 feet in front of him <laughs> the camera <laughs> you know I don't know I don't know yeah. how Kim Kim Badini I don't or yeah but but Nia yeah I've never I don't know I who no that I don't how, know him. how big he is but um yeah no I, I'm just tired of Mark Hamill showing up and stuff that I like yeah. like you know like if you want to like him voice casting things perfect like stick to stick to that so okay look I'm, i just brought this guy up he looks like he's, he's gonna be a good vesemir from from a just yeah oh yeah yeah he looks like he's gonna be a good vesemir so cool uh but yeah so that is actually they they said is dropping on december 17th which it means that cobra kai will be earlier than that i imagine cobra kai is going to come out the week before thanksgiving that's okay. That's so good. I, I think they're going to be like, yeah, we're going to put this out so you can rewatch it for the fourth time when you're home on Thanksgiving. <laughs> oh, wait, no, that's just me. My bad. My bad. As the kids say, my bad. <laughs> Anywho, uh, but yeah, so um, I'm excited, man. Like, I really did like that first series, and, and it was fun going into something that so many other people liked that I knew nothing about. Yeah, because so you don't know if they messed it up or not. You just know what's 
what you're seeing. Yeah, I mean, I, I plus that, and you know, I like Henry Cavill. Like, I'm not an Anna level simp, but you know, I, I like Henry Cavill. <laughs> I liked uh, the lady playing Jennifer. Like, I thought she was really good and, and yeah. kind of hot. Um, I liked, I liked the way they used magic here. Um, and I like, it kind of felt like a a, a medieval like supernatural. You know, they're they're out hunting like they have like specific people out hunting monsters to mm-hmm. to save everybody. Um but yeah, I don't know. It was cool. I like the guy who was like the cat or whatever. Um that that he saved at the uh the party where he made the deal to get Siri. Oh yeah. That was kind of cool. I don't know if that was in the games or books or, or whatever, but that was. That was well, let's just say there's a lot of stuff going to happen yeah. with you know, how, how all that's handled. And I'll just leave it at that. So, yeah. But yeah, it, this is going to focus more on Siri and Geralt's relationship, which is a, that's a major part of like a lot of the drive in the series, in the book series, as well as a major drive in The Witcher 3, The Wild Hunt. So are they like a brother sister relationship, father daughter? It's more of a father daughter relationship okay. almost. So Cause like, I, I'm thinking I'll like be 80 year old and 13 year old. Like, I don't want to see yeah. that. So I'll be curious to see. <laughs> I'll be curious to see how it seems based on the trailer. They're keeping that type of dynamic. So I, I'm really looking forward to season two. I'm assuming it's going to have eight episodes as well. Yeah, December 17th. Cool. I would like it if it's 10, to be honest. I thought 8 was a little quick for, for what yeah, they, they were doing. And the way they yes. jumped around and did the very Tarantino-esque, like, hey, we're going to start in the middle, but then we're going to go to the beginning. Then we're going to come back to the middle, and then we're going to end at the end. Um, was great, well, the, but it, it needed time to like let that breathe. Yeah. Well, the end is the beginning. That was the pilot. Well, yeah, the, uh, yeah, that was right? the first episode's so, title. <laughs> anyway uh but yeah so i don't know i'm excited i i think i think it'll be it'll be fun and like you know henry cavill yeah yeah all right um so the last thing is the tomorrow war from amazon um pratt 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 uh chris pratt has taken a tremendous tremendous amount of pratt if you will, um, <laughs> over the uh, this movie. Um, so there is a, a just a ton of just discord. No, wait, what am I? What's the word I'm looking for? Disagreement on um, on this movie. Like the 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 critics have it at like a fifty four. The fans have it at like an eighty on. Um, Netflix or not not Netflix on um the Rotten th- Tomatoes Rotten Tomatoes I mean Metacritic gave it a 45 out of 100 um with mixed average review but then like the playlist gave it a B plus um you know uh Richard Roper ugh, gave it a 2 out of 4 um you know so like the 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 reviews for this one are all over the place um IGN criticized it saying that it's supremely stupid sci-fi and flirt further stated that Chris Pratt flounders in this movie. And uh, I went back and looked at the other things that this person had written. And it's like, okay, your review doesn't count. Um, someone called it a ripoff of independence day. 
I'm, I, I don't how? think I don't think they watch the Tomorrow War. I don't or Independence Day if that's what they're saying. Yeah, they 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 didn't see either one. Yeah. Or, yeah. And and this is a thing with movies in general, and more specifically this one, mm-hmm. is what we're seeing a lot. And it, this is before this movie came out. We're seeing a lot of flack from Chris Pr- uh, against right. towards Chris Pratt from certain people in the media for the fact that they don't like the way he thinks. They don't like the things he says. They don't like the causes he supports. And they, well, they attribute don't, things. They really don't like that he doesn't speak out about any of it. Yeah, I was going to say, and they attribute things to him that there is no proof. Right. They're, 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 they're assuming. And with mm-hmm. that, that colors their reviews. And we've seen it with other people, not just Chris Pratt, right. where you you can look at a, a journalist, and, and I use that term very loosely, uh, uh, opinion on someone. And like you said, with the IM, the IGN one, mm-hmm. I believe, right. you look back at some of their previous reviews and you can tell when someone, a writer has an agenda yeah. and is it colors everything that they do. And you can, I can't take people that do that seriously. Yes. You're going to have some biases that, cause you, you know why? Cause you're human. Yep. Can you fight through that and give an objective look at something or as objective as you can, when you're talking about a subjective art, like, movie making or books or games it's more about trying to be fair and not you know you know being stuck up your own you know what because you you, i have this ideology that i believe is best i believe is right i'm not saying tomorrow war is a perfect movie it's far from perfect far from perfect but you know what it does and this is the number one thing of a movie it entertained me (gasps) yes what Yes. Wait, 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 wait. When were movies <laughs> supposed to entertain us, Daryl? Yeah, I, I thought that's what they always used to be about, but lately no. it's like, no. no, movies have to serve a purpose. They Movie, have to serve are, a higher calling. They are to preach to us. They are to, to tell us that we were wrong and educate when you're wrong, yeah. according to what the most pampered class of people in the history of society have ever thought. Um, No, I... Here's the thing is this movie was supposed to come out in theaters. Obviously it didn't because of the pandemic. Um, uh, and, and so Amazon bought it. It's, it's broken a bunch of records. Amazon is super happy with it. They're, they're moving forward with the sequel. Um, which if you watch the movie, you're like, how are they going to be a sequel? Time travel, dummy time travel. Yeah. Um, time travel equals reasons. Here's the thing. This is a movie that would have come out between the end of July and the middle of August, kind of in that like end of summer period, like back to school, right? It would have done probably an $80 million opening weekend. It's initial or it's total box office run by the end of September would have been somewhere around $800 million. I guarantee it. That, I, I, I'd agree with that's that. That's exactly yeah. what this movie is. Here's the thing. This is a movie about time travel. Um, and, and as we've well documented, I'm not a big fan of time travel because there's no rules and they just break them and they do a bunch of stupid stuff. I will say they did try to establish some rules in this movie that I really it, it kept me engaged. Like not everybody qualified to be brought into the future. Yes. And I, and I don't know if you remember when we talked about the first trailer, some of the questions that I had, like, how are they going to do this? How how is 
you know, taking people from the present, how that's going to affect the future, this, that, and the other. And some of that they do answer. Mm -hmm. Some of it I think they could have done a little bit more about. But overall, again, like you said, time travel movies, it's always weird with the timing and the rules. Mm -hmm. And then the rules get changed because it's time travel. So it's going to have that type of – there's a little messiness like most time travel movies have in that regard. Right. Uh, But – it still tries to set the rules for that world and that the rules of that world's time travel. Yeah. So it, it, in that regard, I think it did a decent job. It could have been a little bit better. They could have focused in on a little bit more of that. And I don't mean like 10 minutes. I mean, just like a couple minutes of conversation here and there. Like, like three but, more throwaway lines of dialogue. You know? Yes. Um, they never answered the fact of like, well, why didn't they just come back in time and prepare for it? Um, I liked one. I really liked the creature designs. Um, yeah, I read somewhere that they were calling it boring and they, they compared it to, uh, the xenomorphs, which there was a little bit of that. that that's fair. And yeah. they compared it to the, the, you know, xenomorphic car- creatures from independence day. But like, these were closer to like hellhounds. <laughs> If yeah, they, they are. Yeah, um, they, and that or the in a way in the way they move the speed they moved at it was it was also similar to another movie we just saw, Quiet Place Two. Yes, because that speed and but it it has that mentality that brood mentality. I would say of like oh, it's definitely a hive uh, mind of some sort. Yeah, and the fact that they weren't just like a melee creature that they actually had range weapons that were yes. like internal to them i thought was really really i thought that cool. was a great touch um, and 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 you know the name white strikes was kind of dumb um but like once we saw them cuz they they keep talking about like all these people that come back like chris pratt's character is uh is named dan uh dan forrester Forrest. and uh his his wife, who's played by the wonderful Betty Gilpin, is uh, Emmy Forrester, and she's a therapist for returning draftees, right? And like they never talk about what the white strikes look like, and it's because they're nightmare inducing. Like they yeah. just keep coming at you in waves, and like again, they set up they they did a great job setting up the rules for what the white strikes are, how they operate, and how to kill them. Yeah, and I love it to. You know, piggyback on that is one of the guys said, I, I'll never get that sound out of my head right. that they make, which when we first get to see them in the building and, and again, there might be mild spoilers here, uh, but like when we the first time we get to see them and they make that noise, imagine how that sounds in a, in a you know, in a t- in enclosed space in a stairwell. And see, <laughs> a yeah. And you're seeing stairwell. something yeah. like that charge after you the way they did that first encounter with. Um, the white uh now is it white spines or white White strikes i thought that's what they called them white strikes yes i I believe so yeah so um oh white spikes sorry white spikes yeah Yeah. white spikes i i absolutely love and it's it's i always say one of the things when i talk about i love zombie movies i say the most unfair thing when zombies move fast like when you talk about world war z and they come in just waves that is so unfair mm-hmm. aliens you know they, those are terrifying I, I the look of them you know that black 
glossy look is just horrifying. Yep. And then acid for blood, the second mouth, all that. But the way these things move, the fact that they have ranged weapons, mm-hmm. it's like an it's like one of those games where you're just doing a, a wave. You're just trying to survive to the next wave. That's how they come at you. Yes. And I I love that. I loved much most of what they did with the creatures. Yes. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it was, it was, they were really cool. I mean, they were one of the cooler parts. Um, you know, I still can't figure out why they didn't just, you know, jump back and be like, all right, we, 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 we have this problem. Let's gear up for it. Um, but whatever that, then there's no movie, right? Like if you go watch the right. pitch meeting for this, it's freaking hilarious. <laughs> but like, here's the thing. Go watch the pitch meeting for this. Go watch the pitch meeting for infinity war. Go watch the pitch meeting for back to the future. It's all the same problems. You know why? Yeah. Cause they're all time travel movies. <laughs> and they're, yeah. they're, 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 they're inherently have problems. And you know, they, the way they dealt with this movie to not create paradoxes, I thought was brilliant. Mm-hmm. I thought that was I thought that was like um, Chris Chris McKay, who's the director, and Zach Dean, who is the writer. I, I thought they handled that really, really, really well. Um, but a- actually, after seeing this, like I'm kind of excited that um, Chris McKay is rumored to be doing the Nightwing movie. Yeah, I did see that. Um, and. It's too bad Chris Pratt isn't like twenty years younger. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I mean, if they wanted to do an old grizzled like retirement Nightwing, <laughs> maybe, but let's not do that. Um, I I I liked the characters in this movie a lot. Um, I thought I thought Dan, you know, uh, James Daniel Forrester Jr former Green Beret first sergeant who now teaches biology was a really cool like character. And he had, he had a lot of issues, like not like PTSD issues, but like a lot of issues that like he had served in the military. He was a super smart guy and the military actually kind of set back his career as a scientist. Yeah. Yeah, And and watching him yearn for more, and be in that situation where, you know, where he has, you know, he has a dep- family depending on him, mm-hmm. but also understanding that, hey, I can do more for myself. I can also do more for my family. Yeah. And feeling like he's letting himself down. Yeah. As well as letting his family down, especially when you bring into the fact, you know, the issues that he had as a kid growing up. Yep. Pretty much without a father. And yeah. we get the reasoning behind some of that. So we'll get in to we'll movie. get we'll get to Dan, James Daniel Forrester Senior in, in just a second. <laughs> um, I felt like Dan was very like Alex Rogan ish um, from the Last Starfighter, right? He mm-hmm. he was a he was a guy who knew he was destined to do more and help more people, and then he got put into this dare to gre- dare to be great world saving role, and rises to the challenge. Right, like I thought that was great. I think the other cool thing about this were the were the supporting characters, right? Betty Gilpin was great. She she handled I felt like when he got drafted and he came home and she's like, you know who you have to talk to, speaking about his dad, and we can run. That was such a real like moment that I think most families in their situation would have because they know a way out of it. 
but he's too honorable to just take the easy way out, right? And mm-hmm. and then she un- she understood. Like she understood why he made that choice. Um Sam Richardson as Charlie. Um did you ever watch Veep? No, I haven't watched that so yet. So Sam Richardson is in Veep and he's in like later episodes and he's an aide to Jonah who is the equal parts best and worst character on the show. Um, <laughs> um I loved him as Sam. I thought he was great. And, and like, you know, the I'm not going to hide this time little mantra there at the end was was really good. Um, Edwin Hodges, Dorian, I thought was a really interesting character that like if they're doing Tomorrow War 2, maybe it's a bit of a prequel and we get to kind of see Dorian in his first couple tours into the time war. Yeah, would be an interesting I, way to deal with that. Yeah. So. I thought I actually thought Sam Richardson, like when I first got introduced to him, I was going to be like, he's going to be this annoying guy, but he really grew on me as the movie went on. I, I actually, I actually want to see him in this movie called Werewolves Within. Yeah, it's based on a game. Yep, and it's kind of like that, you know, dark comedy where you know he's a sheriff. I, I want to see more of him. Edwin Hodge, which I looked him up, I was like, okay, I wonder if he, because he kind of looks like Aldous Hodge and they well, are brothers. Yeah. yeah. So I, I like I really liked his character and his motivation mm-hmm. for because you're like, why in the hell would someone do this right multiple times, especially after seeing that first wave. But I mean we kind of we kind of get his story later on, like after you know that first day. Right. And you're like, Okay, that makes sense. Um, I think my favorite thing about Edwin Hodge is that he plays Sam Jackson's nephew or whatever, uh, nephew's best friend in Die Hard with a Vengeance. Remember when they bring the radio into to uh, Sam Jackson's shop? He's one of those two kids. That's funny. Yeah, I thought that was great when I was looking up his uh, his IMDb. That was the very first thing he did in 1995. Um, but he was also in the Red Dawn remake, and he was in the first two Purge movies. Uh, or I'm sorry, he's in uh, The Purge, Purge Anarchy, and Purge Election Year. Uh, oh, uh, I don't see the Forever Purge on here, so maybe he got lucky and he doesn't have to do that shit anymore. Um, oh, he's in Bumblebee. Oh, yeah. Anyway, I liked him. I thought he was a great character. He was um, – they did a really good job of, like fl- – they did a good job of fleshing out, like, him, Sam, J.K. Simons, who played James Daniel Forrester Sr., um, you know his his whole shtick was really really good. Um, I thought Yvonne and he Strahovski, was jacked too. Yeah, dude. Well, I mean, like he got jacked to play Commissioner Gordon, but you couldn't and, tell, yeah, because he has the code right. and stuff on. But in this one, you could totally tell. Uh, like Yvonne Strahovski as um, you know, if you watch on Amazon, it just says Ro- uh, Romeo Commander. Romeo Commander. Yeah, okay. I'm trying to um, think of what they called her, but yeah. it's uh, <laughs> it's you know, spoiler. It's very obvious that she's his daughter. Um, in the future, it was it was especially because they called her Romeo Commander and didn't give her a name. Um, I'm like, oh, daughter. Um, thank you for spoiling that Amazon. Um, by not although they didn't really spoiling. give. Oh yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah. yeah. Um, they were great. Uh, what little we have of Mary Lynn Rice Cub and Mike Mitchell, who are both great comedic actors, as Nora and Cowan, 
were were fantastic and the way they go out together i thought was really funny and cool and and you know kind of what would happen to normal people like you and i if we were if we we were drafted into this yeah and and again i I do like the character so with that i do want to go a little bit more on some of the issues of plot and stuff not necessarily plot Uh, yeah i guess i will say plot uh because you were talking about the Mike Mitch or Nora and Cowan and, you know, not being trained now. Now I will say that it does make sense why they weren't totally trained in here. Mm -hmm. And it was just because of, you know, when you get in a situation uh, in a movie and you have an expected time frame, you have to screw up that time frame for the characters to make things interesting. And that does happen. So I do get that, that part. Cause at first, I think in the first time I watched it because I watched it so late, I didn't catch that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I watched it again. It's like, oh, that makes sense why these people weren't like prepared and weren't dressed to go. Yeah, because they can only go at a farm. certain time, right? So yeah, it was it was interesting. Um, yeah, because I kept thinking like, wait, this is time travel. Why not just train everybody? And then when you need the people who need to go, everyone has been through like boot camp. But then we're the Viltrumites, and we've changed history so much that there would be no need to send anybody into the future because we would be a, a warring, militaristic powerhouse of a race, and then no yeah. movie. <laughs> yeah, and, and I, I will say that one of the big, sometimes laughably so, things that we have are the dialogue at times is – yeah. So 80s type bad. Like, not the whole movie, but there are instances of where the dialogue is laughably bad and cheesy. But it works which, for the movie. Let's be honest. I was going to say, which, to be honest, for this type of movie, it it doesn't always work. It does. But there are times where I'm like, that's so cheesy. And mm-hmm. I just laugh, not in making fun of it. But it's like one of those things where you enjoy it so much that you can make fun of it by but still not take away from it. And that's how I felt a lot of times with the dialogue. Some of the stuff I still think should have been changed, but other stuff, it did kind of go with the the type of movie it was. The firebombing of Miami was just unnecessary, right? Or if they were going to do it, they could have waited another like 18 minutes um, to to let the the civilians (laughs) get get the, uh, the, the serum and get out of there. Um. But no, I mean, this was just like, this was like a pre-2015 movie, right? Mm-hmm. It, it was fun. It was dumb. It was exciting. It, it, it looked nice. It, it, it you know, uh, like, I, it's it's 138 minutes long. It's probably 22 minutes too long to Agree. 42 minutes too long. Um you know, there, there, there's probably there's there's literally an easy like three quarters of an hour they can cut out of this. Um, but that being said, it never dragged. It 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 went on. Um, really, for me, the only part where I felt like it kind of like let me down was the climax of the movie and the finale. Yeah, that went a little um, too much for just because it was well. ho- it was hokey, and I thought. <laughs> I don't know if they went back and like reshot that or something because the CGI of the white spike was not nearly as good as like the rest of the, the time in the movie. And, you know, uh, the whole, like, I kind of felt like it was, a it was a, un 
it was like you know uh, an unanswered question from Jurassic Park, where you know could you attack a raptor with one of its own claws, and <laughs> because you know he's he's Owen, in uh, the Jurassic World movies, I kind of felt like that was kind of like a wink wink nudge nudge thing, um, but I thought it was also really dumb. <laughs> yeah. All right, so let's do out of five. Um, we do 10 for movies. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. Let's do out of 10 uh, paradoxical time travel trips. Um, what do you what do you give this out of 10? I come at, in at a 6.5. Okay. I, I was debating between 6.5 and 7, but it's one of those where you think, okay, 6.5, that's that's still solid mm -hmm. because yeah. if I just went from straight, you know, the plot and how everything unfolds, I would probably give it a five because there's a lot of errors and a lot of issues in here. If I would have just talked about my, just my enjoyment of it, it would probably be an eight or so. Okay. So that's uh, why I get that 6.5. Yeah. It's, it's just in the middle in the sense of it's your, like aggregate. you said, yeah. Like you said, there are plenty, look, there are plenty of movies that, I love, and I can say, yeah, that's not a good movie. I'm not saying this. This one is a very flawed movie, mm -hmm. but it does what a movie is supposed to do for me. It entertains me. Yeah. That's what I'm looking for in a movie. Yes, I can go move, go to movies that have a bigger message if I want to, mm -hmm. and they still entertain. But number one on the list is, did you have fun or did you have a good time watching this movie? Yeah, I was excited 100%. to watch it both times. Yeah, 100% I did. So, yeah. All right. Uh, so for me, the the degree of difficulty for this movie was a six. Um, I don't feel like this was a hard movie to do. I don't think this was a hard movie to get right. I don't think this movie actually took any chances. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I, it was it was it was relatively safe, um, considering everyone who died. You assumed was gonna die. Um, the only character who I who didn't die that you assumed was gonna die was Sam, <laughs> um, which which was you know good because normally they kill the nerd, um, especially the black nerd. So uh, it was that was that was a fun little little piece there. So degree of difficulty six, I think it hit that, and I'm I'm giving it a six. Okay, that's so, fair. I, I think for what it was, it was successful. I think for what it should have been, it missed the mark, but they didn't take that much of a chance to get there. Um, mm -hmm. And again, like I said, this this is a this is a, a late July, early October, early August, summer tent pole ish movie. That would have done like eight hundred million at the box office. It probably, honestly, it's gonna get more people to watch it since it's free on Amazon. Well, it's on Amazon Prime Video with your you know paid subscription. So yeah, I think I think in the end it's successful. I understand why Amazon's doing a second one, and I'm interested to see where it goes because they are bringing back uh, McKay and uh, to direct and Zach Dean to write and Chris Pratt to star. So, yeah, I, I'm uh, I didn't see to anything one. about Yvonne Strahovski coming back. So, yeah, but, you know, it's it's uh, it's just one of those things where like, cool, 
uh, get it, make it, let's have fun, let's keep it under two hours, and everyone will be happy. Yep. So, uh, actually, here, let me pull up. I have the deadline article for... Uh, so, Amazon Skydance already in talks for sequel, return, reteaming with the dudes. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, like... J.K. Simmons is also uh, involved. Um, Paramount is also involved, which you know they're it's a Paramount movie. Um, so yeah, I, I think this is nothing but uh, like this is nothing but a good thing. I mean, if you if you want to make like a sequel, right? Oh, here we go. Two point four million U.S. households turned into Tomorrow War in its opening weekend. Um, the other big weekender for um, Amazon was, quote, Tom Clancy's Without Remorse, end quote, um, was 2.3 million households over a three-day period. Uh, Borat, subsequent movie film, was 1.6. So those are some of the bigger ones. But, like, yeah, so across the entire entertainment streaming industry, this was considered the number one, uh, number one film. So... Of course they're going to do that. I mean, it was a $200 million budget. It's, you know, I mean, unfortunately, that's, like, cheap. Um, you know, Skydance also announced they're doing an Old Guard sequel for Netflix. So mm -hmm. um, it says here, making Skydance one of the only studios to launch an original film franchise on two different streamers. So... Uh, oh wow, the old guard is the sixth most sixth most watched movie on Netflix, um, pulling in seventy eight million worldwide households in the first four weeks. Wow, I'm responsible for three of those, so you're welcome. <laughs> old guard. Um, you know, so here's the thing: is Prime is not in as many households as Netflix is, so it's not ever gonna compare. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I would I would probably buy this movie to be honest no oh, i absolutely would buy this yeah anyway um and i like chris pratt undeniably like chris pratt so uh cool all right anything else no um just oh i, I mentioned it earlier i'll probably do a review of resident evil infinite darkness in the next day or two speaking of netflix this is a, it's a netflix show I thought it was a movie, but it's actually four 26 minute episodes. So it does oh, play like cool. a movie. Yeah. Nice. So, um, so check that out. I'll, I'll be communicating when I, when that uh, review drops Yeah. in the coming days. And at some point in the future, I'm actually going to do midweek stuff like Daryl's doing. <laughs> <laughs> I've been so busy lately. It's just life is hard. Uh, <laughs> Don't forget, uh, if you live in the Cincinnati area, Monday, July 19th, Monday, July 19th, we are going to be at Fretboard Brewing in Blue Ash on Creek Road uh, at 7 p.m. Uh, come and have a fun show with us. Maybe you'll you'll get to be on the recording. Um, we have our 300th episode coming up in three weeks. Uh, we have something fun planned for that. And, uh, yeah, like, subscribe, five-star reviews, check out our Patreon. Uh, all the links are at investpodcast.com. It'll make it easy for you. Um, yeah. All right, Daryl, any last words? Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. It just threw up in my mouth.
<laughs> DFS Podcast is recorded in Kings Mills, Ohio, just north of Cincinnati. You can find new episodes every Sunday on Apple Podcast, YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcast, our website, or anywhere podcasts are downloaded. This show is hosted by Daryl Jasper and me, Brian Tudor. To find more information about the show, visit us at infamouspodcast.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at infamouspodcast to keep up with the show. We also have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash infamouspodcast. We have some great rewards for our patrons and are looking for help to grow the show to bring you more of the content you want to hear. Music for this podcast is provided by Michael Henry from meetmichaelhenry.com. So, whenever you're listening to us, have a great day, night, evening, weekend, whenever it is, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.